So full energy from bed right here Cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Your hosts of the day be Couple guests too We're gonna win a trophy when overdue Can we do the double make it deja vu It's a move London thing Girl by the Sony on the wing Harry's one of her own nine and in He's only got one E but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking With the show side, with the show side With the show side's what we sing With the show side, with the show side It's a new flood to me. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Shelfside Podcast, episode 30. Big numbers there. Big numbers there, man. Sandra, Sandra episode, Nick. Oh, you jumped to Sandra, you just dropped out Getson. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Unre- I've got, I've got no, <laughs> unapologetically. Yeah, I don't care. Getson, what's Getson done for me, bro? Did Getson score bangers against Chelsea? Or Man United. Or Man United. Getson do that? Bins. Man can't even no, dribble. he hasn't. I don't think he scored. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't. All right, but I'm going to give you a little, little, my little curveball straight out of the gate. This man said he had no curveballs. All right, cool. Go on. That's not a curveball per se. I'm just getting out of the way because I know you don't want to do your mathematics late on when you're feeling even more tired. So, <laughs> what what does a Sandro plus a Bergwijn give you? A Sandro plus a Bergwijn gives you... Sandro, who the hell is 43? Uh, well, your maths are shocking. Sorry, no, sorry, but, who um... the hell gives you 53? Uh... <laughs> I'm going to leave that one with you. Does that give you a a Dane Scarlet? There you go. A Dane Scarlet. My knowledge runs deep. team knowledge, you know. (laughs) (laughs) People should never question me, man. I earned my Spurs. I earned my Spurs, bro. Yeah, that's 53, not 43 yeah, on that one. Yeah. But I just want to thank, like, I thank all the to, listeners. Why, why do you have to draw things to that? I corrected myself and everything. I even got the, I even got the answer right and you just had to throw... This is what I mean, enemy of progress. Anyway, <laughs> let me not get upset. Some people trying it's to hold you back. It's on the pod and we're not editing it out. No, so no. it's not like I dug you out. No, the cool. listeners heard it. It's cool. It's cool. It's fine. Isn't it? Some people don't want to see you me chatting, but it's okay. Always want to see you progress. No, no, always, no. always. No, no, no. But yeah, go on. You've got some new cities for us. Some new cities, some new cities, but pick up all the listeners that are regular listeners that have subscribed and get this podcast as soon as we post it out there. Big up to you. Hold up my listeners that are in and out, in and out, but when we win, I see you, I see you clearly. Um, And all those who are listening for the first time, thank you very much. So I'm going to butcher some new cities now because we had a quick look. You know what was weird? Last week, I'm not even going to lie, we had Manny on lock, 0161. They were listening hardcore. Really? The most trending city. Yeah, and I forgot to say. And I'm thinking it could have been um, City Scouts listening to us to try and get an inside beat into what's going on at um, Hospital Way. I mean, Manny was on lock, but this week they've disappeared. So I can only assume there were City fans, um, citizens trying to get a feel for what was going on at Spurs, and they chose us. So big up to them really yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. came for some intel <laughs> I, I think they did I'm, just, I, I'm looking at the stats last week and I was like why are Manny listening so much and then this week not so much so maybe we scared them away but um, new cities this week uh, we've seen I'm going to butcher it I'm sorry is it Tiamen in Russia shout out to you 
and a new city in Belgium, uh, De Pint. It's got an E at the end, but I'm pretty sure it's De Pint. I'm doing my best um, Del Boy there, and I probably butchered that as well. But thanks for listening, guys. Keep listening and share, share, share the pod to everybody in your cities. That's it, that's it, guys. But um, yeah, we appreciate you all listening. But I think if you are listening right now, and do us a favour, you're all probably in a WhatsApp group with a bunch of Tottenham fans or people who love football. Just go to your Apple podcast app or go to your Google podcast app or your Spotify or SoundCloud or however you listen to the dulcet tones of Andrew and I. Click on that share button. Drop that link in your group, guys. It helps to share the pod. Give them the gifts of the pod, man. They'll be really grateful. They'll be really thankful. You'll be happy you did it. Everyone likes a gift. So go, Especially go at this time of year. Send, send, send away. And who gave us a gift last week? Yeah, man. Trevor gave us a big gift last week with his appearance. He did. Long awaited. He did. So thank you. Thank you to him and thank you to all the guests that we have. And you'll get a few more from us. But I think it's time to kick off and get into it because we've got a few things to cover as always. There's a lot to sink into. First of all, you know, you probably you probably heard unless you've been living under a rock. Tottenham are top of the league. Tottenham are top of the league, got there by beating Got there by beating City 2-0. It was a very accomplished performance. Um, let's just dive straight into it, man. So, I guess when the lineup, we now still, we think that we know Jose's best 11. Were there any surprises for you in the lineup? If I remember what Trevor said last week, he's very much situational. He is. So, the surprise that was in that lineup, potentially a surprise, was Bergwijn because he's been in a bit of the wilderness. Um, in the Premier League and came in um, in a game where he scored a debut wonder goal. I was going to say a year ago, but it wasn't quite a year ago, but um, last season. So to see him there, that could have been um, tactical from that standpoint or the actual tactic of being able to press their fullback back and using his pace and power to cause problems on the counter-attack. So um, I think it was a good selection, but he was the only surprise for me. Anyone from you? Uh, no, he was the only one for me. And I think it was I think it was nice the way they used him tactically. I think he's he's lost some weight. He looks fitter. He looks leaner. He looks sharper. And he looked like he was he was trying, he was making as much impact going forward as he was going backwards, which I, which I quite like. He dug in. And he always made himself available for counter-attacks and options. Like, he knew when to slow the, slow the game down and Lappi was getting to position and form runs, but he also knew when to speed up and control the tempo. And to be able to do that from the wing was quite impressive. It was no, it was by no means his best performance in the spare shirt, but it was very accomplished and it gave signs that he was willing to take tactical instruction and move things forward, which was very encouraging for me. Yeah, yeah. I think he's no longer injured, which is key. Yeah. Um, he did have a groin issue from my understanding so he did well but who was our top performer on the day uh, for me it was Ndombele and that's going to come as a surprise for people because I know that Kane got all the rave reviews and you know Kane was spectacular but I think what Ndombele showed was that against a top side with you know good credentials in a high profile game he didn't shrink he showed loads of touches in deep in our half to retain the ball and never panicked. He turned defence into attack really quickly. And I remember saying when we spoke to Trevor that I thought he'd be the most important person. And if he plays well, we would win. And that's exactly what happened. His speed of thought to set up the first goal, 
I think by a lot of people be underestimated because he took that ball down. He showed like he was going to pass backwards, turned infield, and then scooped the ball beautifully into the path of Son. Now, Son still had a lot to do, don't get me wrong, but Ndombele took the opportunity to show Man City that we were willing to put them on the back foot straight away. And that's really, really important. That switch meant that they could never get comfortable. They could never settle into a pattern of play. There were no passages of play that the way City comfortably like to do. We took that away from them, and that was because Ndombele could just flip a switch. And he did it for Leon against Man City. And we were kind of looking for a repeat performance. And, yeah, I just thought he was the difference. He was fantastic. I think honourable mentions do definitely go to Kane, obviously. I thought Sissoko was a colossus. Uh, I thought he was fantastic. I thought Huibiog was fantastic. There were great performances across the pitch. I thought Aurier was spectacular. I did. I thought he had a really, really good game. But the reason I'd, I've chosen Ndombele is that he, he made a difference to our defence as well as our attack. And he also got the assists. So that was the difference for me. So, you chose Dombele to justify your statement the previous week. I get it. That's fine. It's like he wasn't, like, like I'm going to do the it's same. It's like he wasn't listening. It's like he wasn't listening. <laughs> no, I mean, all valid points. Dombele. Dombele is a fan favourite uh, of our of ours on this pod. We've been beating that Dombele drum for months, months and months. And I'm just glad everybody around the world, I had a quick look on Twitter today, he was trending yet again. And everyone's like, best midfielder in the world, best midfielder in the world, Tongi time, this, that and the other. And it's like, guys, it was always there. It was always there. What wasn't there, as we know, was the fitness. And what you didn't mention, Kwabna, but you didn't need to, I guess, because the performance was really good, was the fact that he led the press. Yeah. He actually led the press which may have gone unnoticed because we don't, he's not renowned for his work rate, but he actually led the press. And yeah, what he can give us and what we saw a bit tonight, which I won't go into just yet, is just nobody can really play him because he fills the midfielders around him and is able to maneuver the opposite direction at speed and then move away from them, get on his bike, and then the passing options open up even more so. And for the assist, he didn't even need to do that. So, yeah, I mean, Tongi's special. But I'm going to justify what I said last week and say Kane was the best performer, just to do what you did, really. I mean, um, I, it's, it's hard to argue with Kane's performance. I thought he I thought he constantly occupied the centre-backs. You know, he was smart. Very, He was very smart. And I think... Very, very smart. I think he, yeah. his streetwise play, picking up in important areas, all that kind of stuff, you have to applaud it because we've it come back to the whole Jose Reno and his intelligent like comment that that was epitomized by Kane and Hoybjerg on, on in that game. Those two are really epitomizing that clever C word, like really to the point, fouling when they need to foul, being fouled when they need to foul, and just making the right reads. So they're, they're leaders. I mean, they're both captains, really. The captains on the pitch, they're leaders. And they're experienced players, so internationals as well. So I think that spine, as we touched on before, is looking strong. And that spine does include Eric Dyer, who also had a good game. He had a good game. You, he had a good game. You, you're almost forced on Twitter this week to actually <laughs> praise <laughs> him by at Spurs Point. Shout out to you, my friend. Um but you didn't quite, so I think now's your opportunity to take nah, one minute. What, what's the problem? What's the problem with what I said? I was very clear. I was very clear. He played very, very well. 
Um, he has become our most important centre back because he's the consistent. He's the he's currently the linchpin. You called it at the beginning of the season. You said that if he's good this season, then we'll have a good season. And you weren't wrong. Uh, so my only my only query was that he's not our best centre back. He's just not. And with Toby, it's such a shame because Toby coming back into fitness and form, and then that tackle. Yeah, it was Left immaculate. Foot. It was immaculate. Jeez. Reminded me of myself on a on a Tuesday night. Like <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And you got that. You got that in your left foot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you know, you know. I have. Um, but it's just, it was just beautiful to see that he had that level of composure, and not even just in the box in the six yard box. Like to make that kind of challenge was spectacular. And the the commanding nature, the quiet commanding nature of Toby was coming back. But that's not to take away anything from Dyer. Dyer was a colossus. He blocked. He organised. He was constantly talking. And you know, I hate John Terry, but John Terry's mentality was his greatest attribute. Eric Dyer is a decent defender, right? But he's not flawless. What he has got is great character, great mentality. And even when he makes mistakes, it doesn't let him, it doesn't, it doesn't knock him, it doesn't mentally impact his performance. He just carries on going. And that kind of reliability is something that I think Mourinho really values. And used in the right way, coached in the right way, it can be a huge asset. And that's what it's showing. So... Yeah, both you yeah, he's a high Spurs, character. Both you and Spurs Point are correct about that. Like, he's turning out to be not not our best, but hands down our most important. And you know, you can split it whichever way you want it. But right now, Tottenham need Eric Dyer. Right. So apart from that line, apart from he's not our best, Dyer, take that, frame that, and put it on your mantelpiece because you'll never get higher praise from Kwabna than that. Yeah, right. I mean, so take it now. I mean, if you win the league, then. I might have to say, I might have to, I might have to make you play the season. But listen, let's let's wait, let's wait, let's get there. <laughs> let's get there. Um, so um, one thing that was big for me is like because of the way Kane is starting to orchestrate our attacks, he drops a little deeper. He hasn't got as much pace as the other guys, so they've got guys that are flooding forward. In the past, we've relied on Kane's goals to make the difference. He's becoming more of a provider at a time where we actually don't seem to have. Well, I think we could have a natural provider in Lisselso or in Dombele, depending on how they're played. But right now, it's Kane. Do you think we'll miss his goals this season? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. And as always, I'm going to put a little spin on it. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you answering a question? Should question? Kane have scored six? Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But hear me, hear me. Could Kane have scored 16 goals this season? Or should he have scored 16 goals this season? Would you expect him to have scored 16 goals this season? Yeah, easy. Easy, in nine games. What, 16 goals? 16 league goals this season. Uh, in nine games. No no, 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 no. No, you wouldn't, right? You wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the days of Dixie Dean scoring 60 goals in a league season, right? In 42 um, league games. It doesn't happen anymore. Kane has scored seven goals. Seven goals in nine games. It's not a bad return, is it? It's not a bad return at all, but... But... He's got nine assists. That's 16 goal involvements this season already. So, yes, maybe he could have scored 10 goals this season and been amongst the top goal scorers. He's not far off and we'd have been raving about it. But I tell you what, though, if he scores seven goals but provides nine assists, that means nine other goals have been scored by other players. Right? So, for me, I think. We're not going to miss his goals because he's still scoring. I think we're going to miss his assists if he doesn't play for whatever reason. 
because he's become so important to this Mourinho system. The fact that he now plays in this hybrid nine and a half, ten role, he's actually a combative midfielder when he needs to be, a defensive midfielder, a defensive forward when he needs to be. But what more importantly he does for Spurs is everything actually goes through him when we play centrally. It goes through him. And if he comes out of the side, we have to ensure that the Celso Dombelli pick up that slack now. And I think that is one thing we need to make sure we get right because Kane is actually doing a lot of work in there. And I don't know how long he could sustain that kind of level of play because it's kind of robust. It's like all action, I should say, because if you think about it, the two blocks he had, was it in the West Ham game? Was it the Brighton game? It looked like he was going to get injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, cleared one off the line. Yeah, against Burnley. The tackles he did. Yeah. yeah, the tackles he did in the game against City, putting himself about. This is not Kane. This is a guy who literally, you called him your favourite signal player. Yeah. He's prone to an injury or two. Can he play this actual role consistently throughout the season or will he have to revert back to more of a traditional nine role? So I think he's given us so much right now that I think more than his goals, we will miss playing through him if he's not there I know that doesn't quite answer your question but I think seven goals for me and nine is fine I mean, it's everything Kelsey's given us that I think we're going to miss I mean I guess I guess you're preempting the fact that these things might go um, which you know they may do but I think if they do go it's because other people have filled it rather than because he's just going to stop doing it which is encouraging I think he will still stop doing it when he sees that service coming from other places yeah and it, and it can well do and I think um, we saw a bit of it tonight um, in Dombele when he plays that deeper role you split that midfield line you cut right through it with his incisive passing then you're going to get onto your tens anyway and if Lacelso's playing or Deli's playing or Lamella in there then or Bell drops in there as well Kane can be in that nine position alongside Sonny coming in from the left and I think he will get goals I think he'll get goals in this team I mean he gets goals in all different ways right he, does, know he, he can does, shoot from he does, the box he yeah he's, he can score inside the box he gets pens he can actually take free kicks but he scored a lot of goals with his head of late as well so when we throw it in there he's, he's a target do you uh, do you have any hot takes post this this game or do you think it's like Steady, let's just keep on going. Like, where do you... Where do I see it? Apart from the fact it was a Mourinho masterclass, that was actually the first Mourinho masterclass we've actually had, I think. Yeah, I think so. I don't have a hot take yet because we beat City at home and I'm not trying to downplay this performance because this was a lot better than the 2-0 that we beat them um, last season. Also at home. But... I want to see us against Chelsea. Chelsea, we don't travel well. We don't travel to Stamford Bridge well. Right? I know we've won there in recent times, but that was when we were super strong and we were confident and we knew each other inside out. This is a still a fledgling Mourinho side with characters that need to pull us out of a situation. So if we can get to Chelsea and do a job, then, and I mean by doing a job, getting three points then you'll hear my hot takes. And I think you'll hear everybody's hot take and everyone will be going nuts saying we're going to win the league. All right. Well, I guess, you know, it's going to be a long season. I'm sure I'm sure we'll get time to dip into that and 
if I know you like I think I do, <laughs> you you won't waste the opportunity to bring that up. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So I'm thinking now, look, we're top of the league. Uh, there's goal difference. Um, it's very superior goal difference. We don't have any huge injury concerns. Alvaro's um, injury doesn't look as bad as it might be. The next place, best place teams are teams like Chelsea, who we can put a massive mark against on Sunday, and then obviously Liverpool. We're currently the ones to be chased. Do you think it's better to be chased or to do the chasing? That's a really good question. And I don't have a definitive answer on that. Um, i tell you what I do think, though, is a Pochettino side we weren't good at chasing, all right? We weren't. Anytime we got the opportunity to go top, we fluffed our lines. This Mourinho side has already proven we've been top twice. Um, fledgling start to the season already, it's early days, but still, we've taken the opportunity to, to get to the top of the table, to do what we needed to do when it was our turn. And why I think we could be chased is we've shown the aptitude to get results when we're not playing well right so we know what's required we know three points is required and we've proven that we can get it away from home when we're not playing well so if we're top and we need to be chased and we're not playing well then I think we can get the results that may suit us better being there and knowing just any result will do to keep us winning and keep us at the top. I think Mourinho will like that, to be honest with you. What about you? How do you see it? I think right now we've seen ourselves, we've seen Tottenham chase before. We've seen once where it didn't go that well with Leicester. And then we've seen another time where we chased really well um, against when Chelsea won the league. But Chelsea had an, a 13-match winning run. I think anyone who does that, True, Not that is true. Do. I forget that. But we, yeah. we were there right to the end. I mean, the last like three or four games, we were beating, we were beating Leicester like 7-1. We were like, you know, it was just madness. Mm-hmm. So we've seen what it's like to be chased. Once we've done it well, once we've done badly. But I think that to being chased is a better position to be in because then you already inhabit the spots that you need. And then you know that you're actually your only enemy is yourself. Like when you're chasing, you need people in front of you to make mistakes. When you're being chased, it's in your hands. It's in your destiny. It's like your destiny is in your own hands, which is a very powerful place to be in. It's like yes, the pressure is on, but the pressure is on also mm-hmm. if, you, if you're chasing. If the pressure on, you're chasing. You not only do you have pressure on yourself, but you're hoping that what you do isn't in vain and that the team in front of you makes mistakes. If you are in that pole position and you can and you show the mentality that this team has the potential to show with the manager that they have and some of the characters that they have, people have won stuff, right? There are people who have won stuff in that team now. People who have lasted the, the distance and so with these guys in particular being in pole position that's a different proposition so i think right now with the Tottenham team we have right now it's better definitely to be chased than to chase and it'll be interesting if we are to be chased because we will always be playing on the sunday after europa right so we've got that thursday sunday so most of the time unless there's a super sunday game if they've played Saturday, we're going to see what they've done. So we know what we need to do. All right. Obviously, win, 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 win is always what you want to do. But it could take the pressure off as well 
on occasions. Or it could pile pressure on um, because they may have won and we may have a tough away game. How do you see that? Do you think that impacts it or not? Uh, it, it's always going to impact it. Like when you, when you play and who goes first, it's always going to have an impact because in one situation you're like, take care of business and it doesn't matter what they do, you're done, right? And in another scenario, it's like, okay, we could go back top again, but someone's had an early kickoff, so we had to get up. So I think the most important thing is to make sure that as long as you win, you're where you, where you need to be, right? If you can put yourself in that position, then that's all you need. I think that's something that we've been we've we've not had the opportunity to do as much of since we've been since we've been doing this since we've been in this like league. I feel like we've constantly been in situations where we had that marginal error, but it's like a couple of places one way or the other. This way, we can say, you know what? Quickly play this game at twelve o'clock lunchtime, and it's like we win it. Doesn't matter what anyone else does. That's really powerful. And I, I don't remember us ever being in that position. Okay, so I'm going to jump the gun here. as uh, my curveball, no, real curveball. So y- you mentioned what you just mentioned, and let me throw a scenario at you, which is a realistic scenario. Um, Liverpool play Brighton early kickoff Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. By virtue of it being Super Sunday or by the fact that we're in Europa League, we play Sunday afternoon. Now, if Liverpool don't win that game against Brighton, you've asked the question, is Chelsea game a must win? Is it a must win if Liverpool don't win? Or do we need to capitalise? Yeah, it's a, it's a must win regardless. Because whilst Liverpool are probably the favourites still to win the league, Chelsea aren't far, far behind. They're a team that's starting to click. It's must-win because it's not only the points that are up for grabs, but it's a psychological blow. If we can beat Chelsea, it makes, it makes Lampard feel like, maybe I'm not ready yet. right? Because even though I thought I, I got it done last season, this season I've lost in, Carly, in um, the Carabao Cup. It's been a high... This is a six-pointer uh, at home, and I've crumbled. That, that, that doubt seeps in. That, that's it. and there's also and there's also a six gap a six point gap to, to create so for me it's an absolute must win regardless of what happens for those reasons how do you think we beat that um, Chelsea team um, so yeah you are you are jumping the gun a bit but that's this is your this is I'm you changing do. it up this is fine <laughs> um, so for me I think the lineup needs to remain to stay the same as that went out to Man City uh, I even think even the way Bar Toby yeah Bar Toby so I think I would bring I would actually bring I would actually bring Rodanen or Tanganga to be honest with you because I think yeah. that Sanchez is his confidence is still coming up the other guys might be they're younger they're more inexperienced but I think that that means that there's less of a burden on their shoulders and so they may play with a level of, of freedom that comes with, you know, when Tanganga made that appearance against Liverpool, he was unshackled by the burden of past games and all that kind of stuff. And that can be liberating as a footballer, even at, even at defence. So I think I would play one of those guys, first of all. Um, and then I'd keep everything else the same. I would keep everything else the same. I, even if the substitutes to come on, I'd largely keep the same. I think... Bale coming on its kind of tired legs would kind of scare people a little bit. So that's really good option to come in, actually. So I bring him in. I know he didn't 
feature against Man City, but I think I would bring him in. Um, so that's what I would do in terms of like lineup. And I think the key to winning that game is to make Chelsea make the decisions, right? So it's unfortunate, like I, I'm advocating for the style of football, but I think that with the, the guys that they have, they like to have the ball. Tammy Abraham likes to play about um, between him and um, Zichich and and Werner. Like they're they're playing well at the moment, right? There's a lot of movement, and a lot of teams that come across are giving yep. them freedom to move. If we pack out the space, don't give them freedom to move, and also give them decisions to make, that's a lot more responsibility on those young the, those young shoulders. And yes, they're great attacking players, but they're all very young. None of them are streetwise. None of them are streetwise. They're not. They're not streetwise. They're not battle hardened. They're not about. They're not about it. If it gets if it gets greedy, they're not the guys. And we need to we need to drag them into the mire. That's what we need to do. And yeah, I make you right. It's, we're away from home. It, to me, it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be pretty. I hate Chelsea. Just go in there, get the points, and duck out. Don't care how it happens. It would be nice if it was a if it was a surgical dismantling the way it was last time when we beat them three one. Um, uh, uh, at Stanford Bridge, that would be beautiful. But I would take a smash and grab. I would take a chance in. I, I really, don't, really don't mind. I just know that needs to happen. So two things then. On your lineup, the subs, I think Delhi has to come onto that bench um, for his performance tonight. But we'll get into that in a second. I jumped the gun. Um, Again. And yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, just make it fun, interesting, wild, as you call it. Uh, key battle for me in that game is Werner versus Aurier. So, does Aurier get the nod? I think you said he does, because you said same lineup. Yeah, but Aurier is more pace than Doherty, right? Yeah, and his performance. Like, he was so disciplined. He was so, so disciplined. Torres had just come off an international break in which he scored a hat-trick. He was feeling yeah. himself. He got shot off early. He, he thought to himself, I'm gonna I was feeling him. Is that, and, and I thought to myself that he's gonna he's gonna have an impact here, but well, he shut it down. He shut it down swiftly, and a few times he got forward. Um, he either got back in time or Sotoga covered him. It was a beautiful tandem. So yeah, it worked. I don't know why you changed it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, but Werner's Werner's coming into a bit of a good form. He's not the most clinical. Yeah, he's missing a scoring the right decision. Exactly, exactly, and that's encouraging because I think that. That whilst he's coming into form, the scoring threat isn't necessarily there. So what he's doing is he's looking for, he's looking for his teammates quite regularly, and he plays. He's playing very differently to how I expected him to come and play. I thought he'd be yeah, a focal yeah, point definitely. of attack, right? I thought he'd push Tammy Abraham's out and he'd be a focal point of attack, and that hasn't happened. I think so did Tammy. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, so exactly. And so, but he's come in and that hasn't happened. And because he's looking for his teammates more, if Aurier can isolate him. And force him to look for his teammates and and make him make decisions that turn him more provided than a goal threat. That's going to play right into our hands. So I think that's what he needs to do. Uh, he has scored against us this season. Yeah, Just it was a mistake. To re- it was a mistake that led to the goal. Yeah. If, he's, a, if he's a, a big finish. man, if he's a big man, he's about it. Then you know, <laughs> then show me something. Hey, careful what you wish for. Careful what you wish for. I wish you for. A win. Give me a prediction. We do predictions now. Uh, yeah, I know. I hate predictions, man. What did you say last week? I hate predictions. What did I say? I said, I said two. No, I said three one. Um, three one Tottenham. Okay. Okay. 
I just knew it was gonna be a two goal budget. But I think we're going to yeah, 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 I, I yeah, think yeah, we're yeah. gonna I think we're gonna win this game by one game by one goal. Okay, I'll take one nil. I think it'll be two one. I'll take any kind of victory. That would be impressive. That would be really impressive. And that for me would be some kind of statement, more so than the city game. Oh va- um, the bad would be mad away from home against a team that's in form and and like what, one point two points behind us? Yeah. Take that Don't even day. know. Don't look down. Don't look down. Don't look down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, getting carried away, getting carried away. That'd be massive. Yeah, but for me for me it must win, that'd be my approach. Um, for sure. Okay, so Ludogrets. No yeah. regrets on Ludogrets. Yeah, I mean this was a this was a good game because it kinda gave Tottenham the opportunity to first of all blood in some some youngsters the opportunity to stretch the legs of guys who haven't been seen in much game time but also to play with the patterns of play that we just haven't seen as much of with our quote-unquote first 11 um i thought i thought there was a few standout performers and like uh, if you if you disagree or if there's anyone that i missed do let me know but Dele was fantastic today i thought I thought he showed great leadership. Yeah, the touches were there, the passes were there, he tried to create stuff, he played with his swagger, all that kind of stuff. But it was his leadership, it was his constant wanting the ball, wanting to receive it in areas, and always looking to make things happen. It was a mentality that was different. He didn't hide. He didn't just go through the motions. So for me, that was, a gr- that was great to see from him. And I thought Vinicius was fantastic as well. Two goals and an assist. The class he showed with those touches to, to set up to set up Mora. And just the fact that he, he tried, to, he was constantly trying to bully guys there. Now, look, Lidigrets are, with all due respect to them, they're not the greatest side in the world. And we had our way with them, right? But we've, we've all... And I think, sorry to yeah, cut but... you, I think we got, we've got to mention the fact that they were probably missing about 13 players, I think, in the squad. They had COVID issues. There was talk of the game being called off at one point and they had some injuries. So I don't think that was their best side we saw and they literally just came to stop an embarrassment is what I saw out there tonight. Yeah, and to be honest, that's what they did. Right, but then you can only beat the team in front of you. There have been times where we turned up and the teams who we should just smash and we don't. The circumstances yeah, against these guys, they travel, all that kind of stuff. Like there was, there was everything that was against them was still against them. But there were eleven guys in the pitch and we still had to beat them. And I think the manner in which we did was professional. Um, it wasn't as clinical as it should have been, for sure. The game should yeah. have been out of sight after the first half. Allowing us yep. to put youngsters in there, but it didn't happen. Um, but, you know, I thought it was an accomplished performance. I was quite happy with what I saw. Uh, Bale slowly getting sharper, which is always encouraging. Yeah, a little bit of a sprint there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- and I think with Bale, it's like, I think by the time we really need him, that's when he'll be firing on all cylinders, which is a good thing. Um, I thought I thought that the youngsters showed promise, man. Um White came on was very very commanding. Um, Lucky Clark, I thought was good. He was hungry trying to take people on. Scarlett showed great some great touches, going to good, good positions. Um, the one other player, Alfie Whiteman. Whiteman, yeah, Whiteman as well. Like got a shot off. It was 
it was a good showing for the guys. And then, like, yes, the, the opposition was a lot way beneath them, but in the past, those, they wouldn't have had a look in. So the fact that they have had a look in and they were able to position and present themselves in a positive way was, you know, it was great. And we're not going to talk about Harry Winks's wonder goal. I mean, his Galazio. I mean, I respect him. I respect him for admitting that he didn't mean it. I respect that. Clearly, clearly didn't mean. Oh, yeah, it. but I respect him coming out and saying it. Uh, but he was good today, man. And that's the difference. Like yeah. when Harry Winks is asked to just play football, it's fine for him. He can do that. He can make those short passes. He can keep the ball moving. He can be very tidy. But when you need him to like be tactically astute to muddy it down up a bit, get physical, position yourself to get those interceptions, etc. That's where he's found wanting. But today he was good and, and we need to just risk, we just need to understand that those are the kind of games he needs to play in. And if it's not that kind of game, yeah. he shouldn't be playing. It's that simple. And so was Don Bele from a deeper role. He's played a very different role to what he did on Sunday. Um, sorry, was it Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Sunday. Um, but a very effective. And that run and some touches and the power he showed is the position I think he is, he should be occupying. But, I mean, I just want to big up Sissoko because you mentioned him in a game against City. And he has his doubters. And, yeah, I can be one of them at times for sure. But when he plays like that, um, didn't give the ball away, very disciplined. Like, it's going to take a lot for Mourinho to take him out of the side. Oh, 100%. I honestly believe 100%. that. But it was just his, it was his tactical now. It's like, he knew where the gaps were and when to fill them. Yeah. That's it. Like, whether it was in midfield or a right back, he knew when someone had gone, he knew where to, where to fill in. And if he can just, if that's the one thing he does all season, that can be a reason why we win. Like, it's that simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen it. We've seen it with Mourinho's sides in the past. It's about the shape. It's about the discipline. It's about that understanding of what's needed at the time. So, and Sissoko's is situational and positional. And as he calls him, he's more, what did he say? He's more defensive um, than the likes of a Winks. That's not his natural role. He he puts him in top bins from 56 yards is what he does. Can you believe Harry Winks today scored for 56 yards? Do you know how bad that is? Bins, though. Bruv. Bins. Bruv, as in, as in, not even like, it pinged the bar, bro. <laughs> it pinged it. It pinged the bar. But, Madness. But, or, you can look at it, how of a how much of a bad pass it was. A horrible it part. was, because it was... Like, I, Bale, like, tried to go and, like, celebrate, but I think part of him was, like, trying to say, oh, well, good effort for, like, trying to get it to me. Thanks, yeah, for thanks, pick me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks, for, thanks, yeah. thanks for spotting my run. And then he's like, oh, <laughs> top binge, yeah? All right. All right. But, yeah, no, it was good to see Dane Scarlett out there, like you said, Harvey White. Dane had a nice little touch in there. Should have scored. Um, I don't it's annoying. Probably could have scored two. It's, it's very unfortunate for him because the first touch was actually immaculate. The second, but then it brought it back onto his shin and then... That's what messed him up. But actually, to bring it down... It was literally his first touch in the game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, I think it was his first yeah, touch in the game. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of promise. You can score with your first touch, mate. You can do that. Yeah, you say La seasoned international against a 16-year-old making debut. That's it, mate. That's it. 
That is it. No, I think I think there's promise days. He's a, a hot prospect, and if you get a debut at 16, I don't care the opposition. You're playing for the first team at 16. Someone's seeing something in you, and there's been a lot of talk around Dane Scarlett. So long may it continue. In two years' time, or even a year's time, with a bit more growth, a bit more understanding. Um, he didn't look to come and show for it a lot. He's very much a number nine, playing off the shoulder. But I did see a few nice touches in there, and the time he did come in, he probably took a bit too long on the ball. But yeah. get a little bit stronger, a little bit wiser. I'm hopeful we've got a player there. No, I agree. I'm very I agree. hopeful. I agree. Very excited to see the development. Hopefully, we can get a couple of more chances, like really, I guess, straightforward opportunities for them to showcase their talent. But yeah, yeah, I'm not sure where it's going to come though for him now because FA Cup? obviously that was easy game. Yeah, it depends who we get in the FA Cup. Yeah. Very true. Um, he's not going to go out on loan. I think he's too young to be going out on loan, so I don't think he'll do that with him yet. Um, and we've got, what is it, we're a League Cup quarterfinal, haven't we? Yes, against uh, it. Yeah, so he, he probably won't feature in that game. So, yeah, it's got to be an FA Cup. Maybe the last game in this group he may feature if we win uh, against um, Lask. And depending on what happens with Antwerp, if we don't need to win the group, he may feature in that game. Oh, sorry, if we've already won the group, he may feature. So, who knows? Who knows? Um, right. I think... Should we play a game? No, you don't want to play a game, do you? Should we talk about a game that you play? <laughs> should we talk about no. it? You no, can't I'm keep good. on running from it. What do you mean? You're good. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about it then. What, the fact that you're bottom? You don't want to talk about the fact you're bottom. Should I, I won't mention the fact you're bottom. Right? I actually know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, but, um, I, thank I won't you mention much, your guys, name. For, um, for, <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. Fantasy update. What's Fantasy update. Shout out to Bruce Ives. Massive week this week. 40 points. Taking over at the top of the table. You know the name. Whoop whoop is the sound of Larise. Top of the pile. Drew Brown is now down to second. And... Um, Kidalio is third, hanging around in there. So, guys, thank you for playing. Keep playing, and I can't mention anything else about the fantasy football league. Yeah. Over to you, Kovno. Guys, thanks a lot for listening. Um, it's been a good, it's been a good couple of uh, fixtures for Tottenham. Let's hope it continues. Top of the league. Hopefully, not going anywhere, but we'll see. It's a long season. But we will be here, and we hope you will be too. Um, in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. If you do listen to this on Apple Podcasts, please drop a review because it really helps with the ratings. You've heard it all before, but five stars only because we only give you five-star content. You can show, follow us at ShelfPod on Twitter for all the ramblings, rants, lineups, reviews, opinions. Um, yeah, in the meantime, don't forget to give someone the gift of the pod. They'll be really grateful you did it. Do something my favour. It's the season, man. It's the season for giving. It's the season for giving. And you want to be the person who introduced them to Shelfside the season Tottenham won the league. So, it's good night wow. from me. And it's good night from me. Lero, run the outro. <laughs> Where the Shelfside, where the Shelfside, where the Shelfside, Tottenham.